Hello and welcome back to season two of Zero Wasted Days. I am honored that you are here with me and I am so excited for all of the episodes to come. I am also just very grateful for all of the reviews that you've been leaving and all of the love that you've been giving me inside my DMs. I love nothing more than to be of service to you and to hear that everything that I'm talking about here at Zero Wasted Days is resonating. You know, I really want to inspire you to push the boundaries of what's expected in your life and business, to challenge norms and your growth edges, and to go after the most audacious dreams, because I've seen for myself that anything is truly possible when you have a vision and are ready to go after it. Are you ready to dive in? Let's go. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of Zero Wasted Days. I'm super excited to be inviting another beautiful guest into our world and to be sharing Alyssa Adams with you. I'm going to tell you more about her and she's going to tell you more about herself. But Alyssa is a clinical psychologist, a no BS coach for business owners and executives. She is going to help us explore the world of human design, business strategy. And uh, I loved how Alyssa described on her own website that she likes defying convention. So we know that she fits perfectly in here at Zero Wasted Days. Welcome, Alyssa. Hi, I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. No problem. As I said, before we started recording, there was so much on your website when I was reading and diving into your Instagram and everything else that I was like, I just really want to get to know this chick. I really just want to. Everything that you described was from internal worlds and deep questioning and human design right through to the external worlds of traveling and touring. And it, it is an embodiment of how I live and everything that we talk about here at Zero Wasted Days. So the challenge, I think, for us will be actually trying to keep this within yeah. <laughs> 30 or 40 or 50 minutes. So yeah, I do have some questions for you that I have lined up that... I think hopefully we'll give my audience a, a really good kind of snapshot of who you are. And I just like to let things flow as well sometimes if I don't follow my questions. But like I said, I did have a really good thorough giggle and explore of your about page and your website. And I would just love to know how you've gone from clinical psychologist to working for the government. You're in Washington, are you? I'm, I moved to Pennsylvania, but I ah. lived in uh, D.C. for about 11 years. Actually. Okay. Hence working for the government. And then now you're a, a beautiful coach. So please tell us about the Alyssa story and how you've ended up to where you are today. Yeah, I thank you for asking that. I appreciate it. I will try to make this as succinct as possible since it is a journey that spans many years. But I think during my training and then during my time working as a clinical psychologist, it was really an honor to be able to share space with people, sit with people, hear their stories, listen to them. So I feel like that essence of that work really carries into my coaching work still. I still have a reverence for working with people and having a space where they can share things and understand themselves better. My The kind of energy behind my shift, I think, was that I felt like I didn't quite fit into the mental health mold or world or philosophy. I think that there were a lot of different things that kind of happened over my experience working in hospitals and private practices and, and different places where I felt that it didn't quite hit the mark for me. And there were elements of my own style that I felt like I couldn't quite bring out because 
there's some pretty strong boxes around mm. how you practice in that world yeah. and strong kind of morphic field, so to speak, around mental health that just didn't fit for me anymore. So I stopped doing client work. I also burned myself out. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> just you know, throw that, that like, in, the, well, in amongst it. <laughs> no big deal, right? But several times I would say burn myself out from just being depleted, working long hours, doing a lot of output kind of work, working with clients. I definitely burned myself out. So I felt physically depleted, emotionally depleted, feeling like I wasn't quite in the right space. So I was like, you know what? And I didn't know what it was yet. So I said, okay, I'm going to take a break from client work entirely, try to figure this out. And maybe it's the client-based work that I can't do right now, even though that really wasn't it. But I took a job, I transitioned into, because I was working as a psychologist for the government, and then I transitioned into a role that had no clinical work. And it was just like doing different types of administrative sort of work, leadership roles there and doing different kind of behind the desk sort of Excel spreadsheet type of work. And that I hated. <laughs> that was not for me <laughs> at all. So I really felt called to go back to working with clients, but mm -hmm. in a very different context. And so I started to get interested in this thing that kept popping up on my radar called coaching. What is this? What is it like? Can I make it my own style? I didn't want to step back into something else that just had a different box around it, right? I really wanted yeah. to really understand what was this world. I, while I was still working, trained and got coaching certifications, really tried to, tried to understand what that field was, right? What was this? How do I take my mm. skills and move them into a different space? So then I started coaching. I started coaching people part-time as I was working and then let my practice grow. And for a period of time, I was doing coaching therapy and other work. <laughs> we distinguish and learn about the differences and the similarities, at least how I experience it. And then as my coaching practice grew, I stepped away from my government work in 2019. So I've just been doing full-time-ish, more now part-time, I would say, since I have my toddler daughter that um, yep. I'm spending a lot of time with, which has been great too. So that's been like the short version of my journey in coaching. <laughs> Beautiful. Everyone comes on their own paths. And I just always love to see the kind of the light bulbs and the catalysts and the different things that that send us along one route versus versus another. And that kind of disillusion often with something, yeah. a system, a, a sometimes corporate environment, go government, obviously, in your case, and even in, and the boxes that you had to work within are often the things that lead people into entrepreneurship. Yeah. which is just a, just a minefield in itself. But where did the interest and I guess training or upskilling come when it came to the exploration of things like human design? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've always been so interested in any system or thing that like helps us understand ourselves better. There's a very strong bend in my coaching and also even in my therapy practice which was really about helping people just deeply understand themselves. And why do we do different things? Why do we make certain choices? Why do we gravitate to certain things? What's our kind of inner experience? How does that dictate our outer experience? So any system that helped me learn about myself and helped me share with others a little bit more insight into who they mm. are, I was always drawn to. I was at a networking event actually for other entrepreneurs and business professionals and someone came in and started talking about human design. And I had really never heard of it before. I knew virtually nothing about it. I went and did my chart two minutes before it started so that I had my <laughs> homework assignment for the yeah. gathering. And it was shockingly true for me. I think it's actually the only system, and I've done a lot of assessments and a lot mm. of it over the years. It's 
been the, the thing I think that felt the most accurate and the fastest. So I was half paying attention as the woman was talking and then she started to describe a projector, which was my type. And she shared something about them often, especially particular kind of subtypes burning out before they're 30. And often that can translate into health issues. And I had this like full body chills sort of experience because I had been in the hospital twice around age 28 and then closer to 30 for just a whole variety of symptoms that didn't really have great explanation to them. Mm. But I was quite sick for a period mm. of time and certainly tied to burnout, but it wasn't that clean, right? There was other stuff happening yeah. and going on that my body, I didn't know how to work with my own body, I think, mm. in my mm. emotional state. And hearing that reflected back to me, I thought, wow, what is the rest of this that explained me so well or tapped into this very deep part of me so quickly? So then I took some training with Katie from Sort of Spiritual online, mm -hmm. which was amazing. I took her human design school course, which was great. And then I went to another BG5 Institute to did their initial two phases of kind of foundations course where you learn really about human design and business and entrepreneurship mm. and career mm. and how to use your chart as a tool to help you understand you know, who you are and what you have to share with the world. And are you using that in the way that feels most aligned and yeah. what's maybe less aligned for you? And are you in that path? Yeah, that's been my journey with it. It's just been really interesting to dig into deeper. Yeah. And your world now is helping clients merge this human design, obviously some of your therapy practice. We can't teach business strategy and just business and entrepreneurship without the inner work. It's just, it's impossible. I tried for a long time. <laughs> And it doesn't work. And so your practice now really blends this, this inner work, the human design and everything all together in helping people. What kind of entrepreneur, is it entrepreneurs or what kind of people do you work with predominantly now? Yeah, I would say it's in two buckets for me. So I work with a lot of executives and leaders who are in their kind of corporate space. They're in a leadership role and they're coming to really understand who they are as a leader and mm. how to interact better with folks and their own trajectory, their legacy, that kind of leadership yeah. space. And so with that group, some people want to dive really deeply into human mm. design and other sy systems. And some folks want to do that less. So it's really a flexible sliding scale of how much we do that. And then for the folks I'm working with who are entrepreneurs, business owners, usually they're also in this helper healer space. They're service-based mm. entrepreneurs for the most part. And those folks, we often dive into learning about their human design, learning about what works for them and mm. what does not work for them. And really being in a, a place of making their business their own and I often talk with folks, since they are service-based entrepreneurs, of how to weave together all their interests or their background mm -hmm. in training into something that feels right for them right now. Often people come to me who are trying to maybe step into the coaching world and have been therapists in the past, or they're trying to grow a therapy practice in doing maybe groups or retreats or something that's a little bit less traditional. Yeah, so interesting. And so what do you feel, I guess, actually, before I ask that question, maybe we should just take it back a step. So I explained this a little bit earlier, two of the kind of like the business levers in my life first method are the kind of strategic side, the strategic prowess and the mindset mastery. And so one of the areas of deep exploration within the mindset mastery is a topic I call inner and outer world. So you know, and this is where I really see human design fitting in amongst other, lots of other 
areas and, and just being open to all the possibilities. So as someone who is an expert, let's say, in human design, can you explain how human design works just first and foremost for someone who might not know anything about it? Or a lot of people have heard about it, maybe had even gone on and done their own, created one of their own profiles and, and hasn't quite grasped it and how it's relevant for them and their business. So big question. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'll try to do my best to capture this in a way that where it hopefully makes sense to people who are maybe less familiar with the modalities. Human design as a, a system is really a synthesis of other systems, right? So it looks at Western astrology, Ching, aspects of the Kabbalah, the chakra system. So it's this bigger synthesis of all of these different modalities mapped on top of each other, really, and integrated together. So it takes a snapshot of your birth chart, your like the essence and energy of who you are at the moment of birth. When you go to run your chart, you'll have to know the time of your birth, the location of your birth, of course, the day, so that it's as accurate as possible. So when you have that snapshot, it's, it's essentially the like imprint of who you are at that moment that really carries with you throughout your life. It's similar to astrology. Astrology is a part of it, of course, and that similar concept of your moment of birth dictating in a way who you are, what your natural strengths are, your uniqueness, your gifts, how you're wired, essentially. Mm. And when we look at a chart for, for someone, we're able to see a lot of different things, different personality styles, how they show up in the world, different unique strengths they may have, different curiosities or tendencies or patterns that they may have. One of the other things that I find extremely helpful with clients is there's a sort of a map or hierarchy of how you make decisions, how you're meant to make decisions for yourself. When we can really tune into how we're uniquely meant to make decisions, it can be very helpful because what do we know about being a leader and an entrepreneur? You have to make 1 billion choices all the time, right? All the time. If we're not really clear on our way of doing that, it can hold us back. We can procrastinate. We can get really muddy and unclear, but really understanding that has been really hugely helpful. So that's just one example of, I think, how it can be really helpful. Yeah, yeah. You've heard it right. Phoenix Rising is open and I'm inviting new members into this intimate and expansive container that is going to help visionary women just like you be able to thrive, scale your businesses and truly ignite your life. So if you're tired of hustling and sacrificing yourself and you want to create a business that feels electric, but also easeful, Learning how to do this with the Life First model is for you. I encourage you to explore and to book in a call to discuss all of the 2024 Phoenix Rising upgrades as they've not yet hit the sales page or join the waitlist to hear all about them when they're ready. And so from my understanding, there's four main types, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, four or five, depending on where you okay. look. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. So four or five different kind of categories that they mm-hmm. lump them into. This is the layperson's yep. way of describing. And the thing that that I have found so helpful for myself, it actually lives on my desk, yeah. my design portfolio that is dog-eared and it has things written on it and coffee spilled on it. I think it, I had a version that was actually eaten by the dog as well. But I have really come in and out of exploring different aspects. And I think what it's helped me do is... 
A, just learn more about who I am, but also just give me permission to be who I am and give me permission to, sometimes we get hung up on, oh, I'm a procrastinator or I'm lazy or I'm this, I'm that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you start reading and you're like, oh, that's who I am. And maybe I've been operating in the wrong way. And I talk a lot in my world about managing and harnessing our energy. And and so Mm -hmm. there is so much in in human design that has to do with that and really being super intentional on a daily basis. And so Mm -hmm. understanding if you're a projector or a generator is such a different we're, we're different beasts. I'm a generator. Mm-hmm. And it also explained, I used to feel, you know, not guilty, but I'm a mom of three boys. And by the end of the day, I was like, I don't even want to say goodnight to you. I don't even want to brush my teeth. I just want to yeah. fall in bed yeah. and collapse. <laughs> and then I read, I was like, the generator uses all of their energy by the end of the day and like mm-hmm. literally collapses. And I was like, that's me. And so it's, it just gave me such a permission to totally. stop beating myself up about it when I had completely expended. And then I start to not just manage it, but start to harness it and work my world around it. And I've built tools out for my clients and for my my business to help me just tap into that a little bit more and start to optimize and fine tune it. So that's how I've personally used human design. And I'm always so much more intrigued. I was listening to a, a podcast the other day with somebody and Maybe it was even someone I heard on your podcast. Anyway, and she was just talking about about how it then relates to business strategy. And I haven't taken it to that level where, you know, exploring which lines and which centers I have open and closed and things like that. So mm-hmm. I, I know there's so much more. And I think that's what can be sometimes overwhelming for people as well. Yeah. How do you help people navigate the the size and the amount of knowledge and learning there is to do within human design? Totally. Yeah. That's such a great question. Cause it does feel like that drinking from the fire hose kind of experience where you're mm. like, Oh my gosh, there's so much to yeah. soak in. And I think of it as more of an onion type of experience. It's like mm. you go in, you learn a little bit about your type and then you let that integrate. And then maybe you yeah. go in and then you learn a little bit more about how you make decisions and you let that integrate. And then you can dive into the deeper elements of your chart because it's really meant to be used and experimented with and mm. lived we don't want it to be an intellectual exercise where it's here's 20,000 things to know about yourself and now <laughs> you on unaffected for the rest mm. of your day in life. Right? Mm. So I think if you take it in smaller chunks and just go through different layers of it, that feels like the most approachable way or the way that I've seen people really be able to actually integrate the information and then mm. um, come back ready for the next layer and the next phase. So I think in terms of business, to me, it's always or even leadership, it's really centered around what the person is bringing in initially. What are the things that they're really struggling with that they really want to know about that Mm. feels like it's the most relevant to what's happening for them at the moment? So when we're working together one-on-one, there's a little bit more of a luxury, I think, where I can walk them through, hey, we're going to drop in to Mm. the middle of this thing because this is what you're talking about as being a a concern for you. So we're going to focus there and then that'll guide us where we need to go next. To me, that's been the most helpful way, I think, to work with people one-on-one. If they're saying, hey, I'm having a really hard time making decisions or I'm really procrastinating or I feel like I'm soaking up all my energy from my clients or I'm exhausted or Mm. want to shut down my clinical practice entirely, but I don't know what the heck else to do. And we're like, let's just take a step back and let's look at your chart. Oh, you've got seven open centers, right? Let's talk about how to manage your inputs and do some energetic hygiene, which sounds 
like almost too easy, right? But it's actually really important for us if you're going to work with another person. How many hours of output are you doing, right? Guiding people, helping people, working with people versus kind of input, which is like studying and learning and being yeah. sitting quietly in a room with a book or jotting down your thoughts. Because we all have different meters of how much is right for us. So to me, we drop in where we need it the most and then go from there. Yeah. So interesting. So interesting. And beyond, okay, like the types and the way your authority and some of the kind of main principles of, of human design, where would someone like me take it to the next step to dive into seeing where I can, because I know this is also where a lot of my clients mm -hmm. are, seeing where I can find my truest gifts and mm -hmm. learn how to explore them to then be able to share them and expand in my business because so many of my clients are in this are in in growth phases or in scaling phases I you know want mm -hmm. to obviously being in alignment and understanding where they're coming from and where they're going is super important and we can do that strategically but that is obviously and maybe I don't want to start answering your question but is that part of mm -hmm. figuring out how to do that for sure. Yeah. Um, I actually did package all of this into a course that I ran a few times with folks as a brand therapy, we called it, right? Where we had kind of group meetings. And then I did a lot of recorded videos on looking through your chart to yeah. find these different aspects of uniqueness that you have. Once you understand your energy type, once you understand your authority, which built into that is parts of your uniqueness, right? Then we can slide into looking at your centers. And I, I find that your centers give a lot of interesting information around how to understand who you are, how do you understand where your energy flows, what's unique strengths or ways that you have that show up in those particular centers, whether it's colored in or white. So whether it's defined or undefined. And then when you get down into the nitty gritty pieces, it's about your channels and then mm -hmm. your lines. So a channel is something that connects to colored in centers. So two um, centers that are defined. And that is really where your, your energy flows through there uniquely and easily. So I sometimes will give the example. So my daughter is a manifesting generator and she has this kind of channel of charisma. And um, but I do not have that channel. <laughs> she has that, that channel of charisma and people just stop her. Like they just yeah. are drawn in by her in an in a energetic way that I have never experienced. I don't think my husband has ever experienced. It's just different. Like people respond to it in a different mm. way, which is very interesting to see sh show up. I have only one channel. So I have two defined centers and one channel. So for me, when I'm really learning about, and of course we all have lines that mean things too, but that channel is yours. It's meant mm. to be you're given it on purpose so mine is a little more focused right yeah. I have this one package of area that I have a unique gifts and strengths in so it helps yeah. me also focus because I don't have to get distracted by these other things that sound cool and interesting but are not for me um, yeah. they're just not how I'm wired to work yeah yeah Okay. So when, when we're done here, I'm going to be going into yeah. all my defined and undefined centers and I'm going to be looking for my channels, which is what this portfolio out outlines. And it is really interesting. And I have had sessions with people, but like you said, it's about taking what information you can and then integrating yeah. and then and continuing to enrich your integration and deepen mm -hmm. your appreciation for what is there and what might feel out of alignment and what 
what feels good and feels like it's in alignment and living in one's values and being in alignment has been central to my success. I've talked about it so much on the podcast here um, about how it's so many different transitional points of my life. It's been about coming back into alignment, coming back into alignment and even as an executive and then being a, a business mentor. And so I would love to know how you help and suggest that women stay in alignment. Is, is it such a thing to stay in alignment or come back into alignment when they feel like they've veered off? Yeah, that's such a great question. I think that we have longer periods of alignment when we're mm. more aware of ourselves and we understand ourselves better. Mm. I don't know if it's possible to stay from this moment in time until death, yeah. completely in alignment all the time, right? I just yeah. feel like we're going to have things that throw us off our game. We're going to have things that come up that are growth experiences. They're yeah. tools for us, yeah. right? They're mm -hmm. experiences that probably throw us out of alignment on purpose for a mm -hmm. reason, right? So mm -hmm. that's important information to say, am I on the right path? Do I need to change something? What's not working for me? Because we're not static, right? We're these yeah. dynamic beings where... Yeah what was really in alignment for you three years ago is no longer in alignment at yeah. all right yeah we need these experience of experiences of saying this does not feel right anymore and i'm mm. not going to force it or mm. i'm feeling exhausted when i'm doing x y or z or i'm just not feeling energized by this anymore i'm feeling like this i have real resistance to this why is that is it no mm. longer aligned is there something else going on for me but I think when we know ourselves, know our patterns well, know our emotional states, we're open to the information that comes mm. up. To me, the mm. goal is not necessarily to be more aligned in any given moment, but to understand what's happening for you so that you can then put yourself on whatever path with whatever adjustments you need to make mm. to feel more aligned for a period of time. And then when you don't, then we adjust. So that's how I see it and how it's yeah. worked. Yeah. Fascinating. I was going to ask you this towards the end, but we were talking about this in the work that you do. If someone wants to dive into those areas, you do you do one-off sessions where you will help somebody read their initial portfolio, you know, portfolio and then dive in to different areas. Yeah. I have been doing that sort of on and off as I have time and space in my schedule. So there'll be a block of time where I'll send out to my list and put on my website, like I'm doing human design reading. Let's okay. dive deep into your chart. It's a one-off yeah. experience. And there's a lot there that happens. It's also like a coaching experience too, right? Because mm, we're diving mm. into the elements of your chart. I'm asking you questions about it. So yes. And then the other the other way to, to work with me is just more of a one-on-one -on -one experience for a longer term. And through that, we also talk about your chart, of course. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And you mentioned earlier on that you have had some times of burnout and mm -hmm. times have been tough where you've had to heal certain aspects of your health and get back to basics, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Basics being good food and health for some people isn't basics, but it really is basic yeah. fundamental. And health is one of the holistic life pillars in my method that I teach and is one of my goals. I'm a 48 year old woman who is perimenopausal mm -hmm. and just it's been ever, it's been screaming at me for the last year that I haven't really been <laughs> focusing as much as I, I should. And so tell us what your, whether it was burnout or illness kind of really has taught you and mm -hmm. how you continue to keep making health a priority. Yeah, that's such a wonderful question and a, and a big question for me personally, mm -hmm. I think. So when I was practicing as a psychologist, I had two dual specialties. One was in neuropsychology, so dealing with the brain, cognition, things like that. And the other specialty was health psychology. So for 
many years. I worked in hospitals, I taught health psychology, which is really like understanding kind of how we think about our health, how we make health choices, how we kind of form cognitive models and beliefs around our health and what we do with that. So I worked a lot with people who were coping with serious illness, coping with injury. It was my whole world for that period of time. And then as I hit this, and I was very much in a very conventional medical model, right? I was working mm -hmm. in conventional hospitals. I had trained very conventionally. This was my own framework and model. And then I got sick and <laughs> I was now the person I was talking to, right? I was now the patient on the other mm -hmm. side. So I was the person who doctors wrote off, who doctors didn't have help for, who didn't have any suggestions, who blamed me for my symptoms, right? I was now that person. I had a very different conflicting glimpse into this world that I was a professional in, still working in, mm. and then got to walk around to the other side of the table, so to speak. What it gave me was a strong jolt <laughs> onto a different path, I will say. And I think that I was so anchored into how I saw the world before that, that I needed something really aggressive <laughs> to punch, <laughs> really, so to speak, life punch me to put me on a different path. Because I was headed down a path, I think, that was not appropriate for me. It was not where my gifts lie. It was not right mm. for me. So it really opened the door to all these other ways of looking at your body, right? What's your emotional state? And how is that impacting your body? What are you eating? How are you caring for yourself? What is your water like? Your air like? How are you resting? What are your relationships like? Yeah. What's happening in your space? Are you <clears throat> like sleeping almost next to your router, which I was for years, right? So these things where... I didn't know anything about them before, but mm. this thrust into healing myself because ain't nobody else was going to do it for me. No one else yeah. could give me really almost any suggestions that were helpful. I had a wonderful friend who paved the path for me a little bit. She connected me with an acupuncturist, integrative medicine, naturopath, nutritionist, different people who gave me answers, who gave me options, who gave me things to do. I went back to school to become a nutritionist actually because I needed that information to heal myself, right? To me, when I start to feel out of alignment, when I start to feel not in a great place, I know that I'm not taking care of myself in the right mm -hmm. way. I know that I'm slipping in terms of what kind of foods I'm preparing. I know I'm slipping in terms of like drinking water, right? Simple stuff. Yeah. I'm slip slipping in terms of these very basic things. So for me, I know my body enough now. I know when I need protein. I know when I need water. I know when I need fats. Like I know mm -hmm. the things that I need. I know when my body feels buzzy and anxious and I know I need to settle. So to me, it really comes back to that awareness, understanding yeah. yourself to know what you need health-wise to be at your best, to be the best version of yourself, which is really how you're meant to live. You're not meant to live depleted and stressed mm -hmm. and mm -hmm pushing yourself from one thing to another. I think we're sold a, a lie, really. That yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because the, the, when I think about awareness, self-awareness around emotional things or trauma or whatever it might be, I've always thought of them as, as the more aware you become, the more aware you become and the better you get at being able to fine tune and optimize. But your, your health is absolutely, like you said, is no different. And the more mm -hmm. you, like we do with our mind, the more we get quiet, and actually stop to listen, it's giving us some pretty telltale signs. And it is often a smack in the face that, that people get to go an injury, an illness or whatever it might be. I was diagnosed last year with arthritis and I was like, mm -hmm. 
that's not supposed to be a 48 year old di diagnosis. Mm -hmm. What is that all about? <laughs> and my osteo, I'm a very kind of find the solution. I'm going to go to the do different doctors and da -da -da, find the solution. He's like, just move, start moving more. I literally had stopped moving and other than just walking, I really just needed to do. So I think the answers are there. We just need to get still and, and listen. And it sometimes has to get bad enough to force us as humans out of our subconscious and into yeah. consciousness with anything that we're doing. And yeah, it's just so interesting. And you have this like um, amazing, like intersection of knowledge. You're clearly someone who seeks knowledge as a way of helping you find solutions and things like that. So it's, it's fascinating. It's so interesting. And so I have a final question that I ask all of my guests and my question for 2024, actually, it was, it's a new one for this year, is just in the concept of creating a life by our own design. And Zero Wasted Days is very much about redefining how we are not just doing business, but doing life and, and going about our journeys. And so I would love to know how important creating your own life is by your own design and how you might be embodying that today. Yeah, what a great question to really center yourself in really every day as <laughs> you're making totally. Yeah, I think this year for me, I have, and, and even last year this started, right? I've embracing this new season and chapter in my life, which is having an almost two-year-old and working part-time doing things that I really love in my coaching practice and letting that kind of grow and enjoy it with limits and boundaries mm. and putting my focus into different areas at home with my family and enjoying those things that really sound like they should be so simple, but I've been someone who, as you probably heard me discuss, has worked full-time and then worked a part-time job and then took classes. And then it's hard for me to settle. It's easier now, but settling into days where I'm just home with my daughter and mm. we're enjoying the day. For me, it's really embracing my version of this new season and crafty in a way where it feels really fulfilling and enjoying and and different than other mm. periods. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that answer because yeah, it just speaks so much to the way that so many women feel leaving busy careers and full lives and an entire existence from the time we were little where everything we have done has been about achieving and about doing a good job and accolades and drawing pretty pictures, even just to show mom and dad and put them on the wall. And so when we come to this phase of motherhood where, and it was actually this exactly that, that was the catalyst to us moving around the world. We were in Australia to moving here was this quiet time of a birth of a child. Like you wouldn't yeah. think having a third kid is going to be a quiet time, but it was where you just go, Oh, what am I doing? So I applaud you in really leaning into this season because I have a 16 year old who's at the other end of, of the, of the spectrum who it goes by so fast. And I have so many clients that just say, and this is why I feel so passionate about helping women with this mm -hmm. mission mm -hmm. of not just growing businesses and exploring the depths of our mind minds and and nervous systems but also just really wrapping that in the fact that you know what's the point if, if your life isn't actually coming first yeah and so that is just such a really it's the life first method in real life <laughs> you're integrating mm -hmm. it yeah. and yeah yeah that's you're trying that's really to. <laughs> and, it, and it takes yeah. work you're trying to that's the thing like mm -hmm. people come to me they're like i don't know how to do nothing i don't know how to actually 
just chill and not just showing them why things like a hobby might be a good idea. Okay, I'm going to give you the science. I'm going to give you the research paper. You can go read it. We can go away and read it. But then you're actually going to try to practice it. It takes practice, like actually giving yourself permission. And then the joy that they feel and the gratitude and the, the energetic kind of like harmony they might feel doing nothing and find exploring those things that they used to do when they were little. And it's just, it's such a, that, and that's the fuel, right? That's the fuel that fuels so many other aspects of our, of our businesses. And yeah, I love your answer. And so I'm glad you're a, a live embodiment of everything that, that I believe. Can you tell everyone where they can find you, how they can work with you if they are interested in exploring, whether it is one of those readings that potentially you, you make available or doing some more kind of one-on-one -on -one or group work with you? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I can be found on my website, which is dralyssaadams.com. So D-R-A-L-Y, that's A-D-A-M-S.com. And there's links on there to schedule an initial chat with me if you wanted to talk about working together. And I think that's best done face-to-face -face virtually, that, mm. that space, to really get to know each other a little bit. I'm also available at alyssa at dralyssaadams.com. So please feel free to shoot me an email if you are interested in reading. Sometimes I have those on my website linked. Sometimes I don't. That doesn't mean that that I don't have them available. Sometimes I'm just booked up and haven't put the <laughs> next crop yet on the website. So feel free to email me if you have a question, if you're like, hey, what does it look like to work together or to anything? Yeah, reach out. I also have a podcast that I'm just starting to record for the next season, which is called The Uncommon Couch. Mm. And that's a great place to listen and get to know me too and some other awesome people. Yeah. And it is a, a wonderful podcast. I was saying how much I really appreciated the caliber of guests that you have had. I pride myself in having really great guests here at Zero Wasted Days. And so when I see a similar kind of <laughs> similar caliber or I'm putting myself in the same category, I just really appreciate what you have, what you've created with your podcast as well. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you for being here with us. You know, some people in my world may continue to see Alyssa in other ways and shapes and forms, but more news on that front to come. But again, Alyssa, thank you for spending time with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Zero Wasted Days podcast. I truly hope you found it to be valuable and inspirational as you work to create a life by your own design. I would love you to rate and review this episode to let everyone else know about it and help me share this important message with the world. All you need to do is screen grab your review, share it on socials, and tag me in to win a $100 Airbnb voucher that I'll be giving away every single month.